up the fourth inning from Dayton, Ohio, and now it's time to take flight with Dante DiCaria on for the call of the game. Thank you very much, Jesse. It is Lansing's half of the fourth inning with the Dayton Dragons leading them three to nothing. We'll see the top of the Lansing Lugnuts batting order to come to the plate. It is Chavez Young followed by Ryan Noda and Brandon Grizzlonic. Right now, Young and Noda are taking a little bit of cuts off to the right in front of the Lugnuts first base dugout. Young gives a fist pump to Noda as he strolls in from the right of the left-hand batter's box. Switch hitter will bat left-handed against the right-hander, Max Soroller. Chavez Young now digs his back foot into the left-hand batter's box. Puts his bat across home plate to make sure that he's in the right position to take cuts against Soroller. And the first pitch of the fourth. On the outside corner, strike one. Young grounded out to third his last time up. This is his first game back in the Lugnuts lineup in three days. The 0-1 from Soroller. Breaking ball swung on and missed, strike two. A beautiful afternoon here in Dayton, Ohio. Partly sunny, a mix of sun and clouds, 83 degrees Fahrenheit. The 0-2 pitch, Young. Hits it in the air, foul off to the left and out of play. Stays at nothing and two. The Lugnuts still with no hits as we are in this fourth inning. Dragons three runs on six hits. O2 pitch. Slow chopper down the first baseline, picked up by Santana and he takes it to the bag for out number one. Max Roller has kept the Lansing Lugnuts guessing. Oh they are not getting good swings or good contacts. Absolutely. He made his last start in short season A ball and got the victory on the 24th of July. Six innings allowing four hits, no runs, two walks and eight strikeouts. So he knows that he gets strikeouts, but he has only struck out three Lansing Lugnuts this afternoon. First pitch to Ryan Oda batting left. Fastball at the top of the zone, strike one. There's one out, nobody on for the Lugnuts. Power hitting right fielder, batting left-handed. They trailed the Dragons 3-0, top of the fourth. The pitch fouled on the ground down the first baseline and into the Lugnuts right field bullpen. The ball avoided first base coach Dave Pano, who nonchalantly turned to his right to get out of the way of that baseball. Nothing into the count. I like the way that you put that, that the ball avoided him. The ball was looking at Pano and decided, nope. <laughs> 0-2. Inside, one ball and two strikes. Good job by Noda avoiding that one. Remember, that was how he struck out his first time. Breaking ball down low and inside. Could not stop himself. Check swing. Went around too far. 1-2 from Soroller. Breaking ball stays outside. Two balls and two strikes. It's not that the stuff is necessarily overwhelmingly... Uh, overpowering for Soroller, but he's placing it very well. He pitches from the first base side of the rubber. He steps and fires. 2-2. Breaking ball on the ground to second. Gobbled up by Williams. And the fling over to first is in time. Out number two. Jammed him. Ryan Noda has got jammed a little bit over the last few days. Yesterday he had a ball towards right field, but it was in on his hands. If he squares that one up, it's probably gone. 
It's been a challenge for him and Jesus Navarro is that pitchers are starting to work in on his hands a lot more. Pound him in. Here's Brandon Grezelonic, the Lugnuts, third baseman batting right-handed. Dayton leading Lansing three to nothing, top of the fourth. The pitch, Grezelonic skies one. Shallow left center field. Piotnik comes in, makes the catch, losing his hat in the process. And the inning is over. Two ground outs and a fly out to left ends the fourth. We head to the bottom of the fourth. Dayton leading Lansing three nothing. You're listening to Lugnuts Baseball Lansing Sports Station. The game 7.30 a.m. WVFN East Lansing. Lansing Lugnuts left-hander Jordan Barrett enters this bottom of the fourth inning with the Dragons leading the Lugnuts in game two of this four-game series, three to nothing. Dante DiCaria with you alongside Jesse Goldberg-Strasser. It is the bottom three in the Dayton Dragons order. Mitch Piotnik followed by J.D. Williams and Raul Wallace due up. Jesse, it is a very special day in Major League Baseball history. Today is the Baseball Hall of Fame induction ceremony. And Jesse, we see Alan Trammell, all-star shortstop, now a Hall of Famer, inducted in. And Jesse, he is your favorite player of all time. He's my hero. He's the guy that I grew up rooting for. I collected every single one of his baseball cards. Any bit of Alan Trammell memorabilia I could find, I've got it. I got his jersey with his name on the back, everything. Also inducted into the Hall of Fame, speaking about Tigers, is Jack Morris. Left-hander Jordan Barrett fires. Piotnik takes high and wide, ball one. Still one of the great pitching performances in a single game in baseball history. Jack Morris, he was with the Twins, I believe. Oh, no. Yes. It was the Twins. Okay. 1991 World Series. The ball one pitch. Swung on and fouled off the top of the screen. One ball and one strike. And wasn't that against John Smoltz? Exactly, in the, the Braves. Atlanta Braves. That's the interesting thing about Morris was he pitched a ton of great seasons with the Tigers. Then at the end of his career, old man Morris turned in classics for the Twins and the Blue Jays. 1-1. Fly ball, shallow center field. Samad Taylor waiting in the outfield grass makes the catch over his shoulder for out number one. One of my favorite trivia questions, Dante, is so Jack Morris started game number seven, 1991 World Series against John Smoltz. Who started game number one for the American League in the 1992 World Series? The answer is Jack Morris for the Toronto Blue Jays. My goodness. So Morris was with the Blue Jays in 92-93, I believe. And he was with the Tigers before that. 1980s. Powerful Tigers teams, especially the 1984 championship Tigers squad. Here's J.D. Williams batting right. Left-hander Barrett throws. And it's fouled back to the screen. Strike one. Dayton leading Lansing 3 to nothing with one out and nobody on in the bottom of the fourth inning. We're talking about Jack Morris and Alan Trammell, who have now been inducted into the Major League Baseball Hall of Fame as part of the Veterans Committee. Jesse, can you explain how... That works. The 0-1. Above the zone, 1-1. One one. Well, there's the Baseball Writers Association of America, the BBWAA. And they, uh, they're in charge of voting in all the players after five years following their retirement. Then they go onto the ballot. If a player slips through the cracks, it's a second chance. The pitch. Inside and low, two balls and one strike. So they convene committees. They convene an early baseball committee, then the 1930s, 40s, 50s, 60s uh, committee. So this committee was considering players from the 70s and the 80s. And they decided Morris, Trammell, Hall of Fame worthy. Wow. 
And so that can happen to anybody. The two ball, one strike pitch. Swing and a miss. Well, Alan Trammell, the difficulty for him was, and I'm biased, I know, but his numbers that he put up in the 1980s, especially in his prime, were great for shortstops. And then suddenly the 1990s came around with the big boom years, and those numbers did not look so good compared to the 90s shortstops. I read that he was a great defender as well. Yes, he was. Stayed at shortstop his whole career. Him with Lou Whitaker at second base. Great long-time middle infield combo. Sweet Lou hopefully goes into the Hall of Fame at some point down the road. 2-2. Two -two. Williams lifts it in the air. Foul down the right field line and off the netting out of play. Remember, there's netting all around fifth third field here in Dayton, Ohio, home of the Dayton Dragons. Two balls and two strikes on J.D. Williams. He's the second baseman batting right. Tripled and scored in the second inning. Left-hander Jordan Barrett toes the first base side of the rubber. Lugnut's middle infield is back. He steps and he fires. Williams pops it up on the left side in foul ground. Third baseman Grizzolonic near the seats runs out of room as it lands foul. Every year there's a fan base that takes over the tiny little village of Cooperstown. And from what I've heard, it is tons and tons of Tigers fans teaming across every corner right now. Well, that's a great moment in Tigers history because two Tigers are being inducted into the Hall of Fame. Also being inducted into the Hall of Fame, Vladimir Guerrero Jr., Chipper Jones, uh, Jim Tomey. Vladimir Guerrero Sr. Sorry, Sr. My <laughs> goodness. Oh, my. <laughs> Junior is in attendance, I've heard. The 2-2. Line drive, base hit, left field. It was in between third and short. Navarro just watched it bounce past him. A one-out single for Williams. Maybe Junior at some point down the road goes in. I mean, I grew up watching Vladimir Guerrero Sr., but now every time I hear the name, I think Junior. Of course. And it's obviously by mistake. Jim Tome going in. Jim's daughter, Lila, sang the national anthem before wow. the ceremony. Isn't that wonderful? Also, another guy that we forgot is uh, Trevor Hoffman. Yes. Can't forget him. Second all-time with 600 and maybe 601 or so saves, I believe. And one of the great change-ups in baseball history. Raul Wallace, the Dane Dragons number nine hitter, batting right-handed. Pick off at first, not even close. Spanberger's off the bag. Back in standing is Williams. J.D. Williams at first base with one out. Dragons leading the lug. That's three to nothing in the bottom of the fourth inning. Wallace singled in the Dragons' first run of the game, coming in the second inning. And that was before the Dragons scored two in the third. On a single to left field by Cedrola, scoring two runs. All it took was a triple by Wallace, or triple by Williams, and a single by Wallace. The pitch, a little outside, ball one. The one guy that I'm so happy to see go into the Hall of Fame is Jim Tomey. I was always rooting for him as a, as a young baseball fan growing up. So much power. A lot of people would say, well, maybe he took PDs. I believed he never did. The ball one pitch. Outside again. Two balls and no strikes. Let's take a Lansing Lugna, Chad Spanberger. That would be a great guy for him to model his career off of. Big, powerful, left-handed batting first baseman. Led by example, quiet guy. Very likable guy. Humble, smart. Tommy's a good guy. The pitch. Outside, ball three. Both of them had easy swings. Yes. 
Jim Tomey was with the Indians, and boy, they had a great team in the late 90s, early 2000s with Tomey at the helm. Manny Ramirez and Albert Bell and onward. Boy, was that an explosive offense. Well, didn't Albert Bell come from the White Sox? He went to the White Sox after the Indians. Ah. There was a lot of controversy with him. <laughs> well, not the nicest guy in the world. Controversy well earned. Three ball pitch to Wallace. And he takes right at the top of the zone. Three balls and one strike. Williams is at first base and he's from Toronto, Ontario. He had a triple his last time up, so he's got pretty good speed. Has been caught twice this season. Five steals. The pitch. 3-1 is up the middle. Base hit center field. Williams stops at second as Young picks it up and gets a one-hopper into third. First and second for the Dragons, passing the baton to the top of the order. And now the contact is getting harder and harder for Dayton. Both Williams and Wallace hit it really hard against Barrett. Owen Spivak straps on some armor and heads down the right field line to get a reliever warmed up in the Lansing Lug that's right field bullpen. It is Braden Boucher who starts to lo uh, loosen up with his countryman Owen Spivak. Boucher from Vancouver, British Columbia. Spivak from Mississauga, Ontario. And the man at second base is from Toronto, Ontario and J.D. Williams. And one of the Dragons on the DL is also from Mississauga, Ontario in Miles Gordon, myself, Diamond Dante, or Dante DiCaria from Ottawa, Ontario. So we got some Canadians in attendance. Working today's baseball game or playing. Wallace at first, Williams at second after they both singled with one out. We're here in the bottom of the fourth inning. Dragons leading the Lugnuts three to nothing. Left-hander Jordan Barrett takes on the Cuban shortstop Jose Garcia who bats right-handed. Out of the stretch, he fires. Garcia takes below the knees, ball one. Another guy that has a connection with the Lansing Lugnuts and the Toronto Blue Jays that's been inducted into the Hall of Fame today is Vladimir Guerrero Sr. as Jr. played for the Lugnuts last year. Garcia steps out of the right-hand batter's box and awaits the ball one offering. And now we're set. Here's the pitch. Fly ball down the right field line, and this one will land into the second level at a play. One and one the count. Garcia's batting. The man on deck off to the left is Aleo Lopez. He's the number two hitter who is one for one with a walk and a run scored. Garcia is one for two with a stolen base and a run scored as well. Jesse and I talked about him earlier. He has improved so much this season. Coming over from Havana, Cuba. Signed for over a million. Barrett steps off the mound, calls time. Jordan Barrett has now thrown 67 pitches this afternoon. Lansing Lugnuts middle infield looking to turn two. Spamberger, the first baseman, and the third baseman, Grizzlonic, come in on the grass. 1-1. One, one. Line drive, left field, base hit in front of Rodriguez. He quickly gets it into the cutoff, Mink Rizalonic left of the mound. Williams did not even try to round third. The bases are now loaded with the base hit to left from Jose Garcia. 
And if ever Jordan Barrett needed to throw a ground ball, now is the time. Dante, he got that pitch up, and Garcia brought his hands up and squared it up. And that might have been the blow that knocks out Barrett. In three prior starts, Barrett had induced three double plays, and that's not even going to matter. Cesar Martin emerges from the first base dugout, and he will take the ball away from the Lansing Lugnuts left-hander Jordan Barrett, who tosses 70 pitches over three and a third innings, and we will make way for the Lansing Lugnuts right-hander Brayden Boucher, who trots down from the right field bullpen. Bases are loaded with Dayton Dragons, and we will take a quick break for a pitching change. Dayton leading Lansing three to nothing with one out. You're listening to Lugnuts Baseball and Lansing Sports Station, the game 7.30 a.m., WVFN East Lansing. If your walls could talk, what would they say? I have held the same mirror for 13 years. I have been decorated with purple dinosaurs, baseball teams, and football helmets. I have witnessed 33 Thanksgiving dinners and one wedding proposal. I have tiny notches marking the growth of three children. I have caused a learning disability. I am the reason that a fifth grader simply can't sit still. I am responsible for a five-year-old's rage. Just because you can't see lead paint doesn't mean it's not on walls, doors, windows, and sills. Today, lead paint poisoning affects over 1 million children. If your home is built before 1978, your family could be at risk. Let's make all kids lead-free kids. Log on to leadfreekids.org or call 800-424-LEAD. I am the reason a child has trouble hearing. If your walls could talk, what would they say? Brought to you by the Coalition to End Childhood Lead Poisoning, EPA, HUD, and the Ad Council. The Game, 7.30 a.m. WVFN. New pitcher into the ball game for the Lansing Lugnuts is the right-hander Braden Boucher. Boucher this year has inherited three runners. He's allowed two of them to score. In general, though, he comes in to start off innings for the Lansing Lugnuts. 12 relief appearances, 25 and one-thirds innings. And Dante, he has struck out 25 batters. He's only allowed one home run, the RA 249. The average against him is strong, 225. He is a 6-6 right-hander. He is another Canadian. And Brayden Boucher works mainly with a fastball and a curveball. Boucher doesn't necessarily light up the radar gun as well, Jesse. Will average anywhere from 86 to 88 miles an hour with his fastball. But he's got that good hook and he pitches up in the zone. And here's the Dane Dragons third baseman, Aleo Lopez, who will bat left-handed against the right-hander, Braden Boucher. Three consecutive singles has the Dragons on all parts of the bases. The bags are juiced for Lopez. Garcia at first, Wallace at second, and Williams at third. Boucher from the third base, side of the rubber, out of the stretch. Gold sets up low. Here's the pitch. Fastball on the outer edge, strike one. Dayton leading Lansing three to nothing. Bottom of the fourth, one out. A double play can get the Lugnuts out of a tough jam. And the pitch. Breaking ball tails away. Gold kept it from going all the way to the backstop. One and one. That was his first curve. That was not a good curve. And Boucher is relatively a fly ball pitcher. Has only induced three double plays this season. And this is his 13th appearance. Lopez is a slapster. Just wants to put the bat on the ball. One one. Breaking ball outside. 
Two balls and one strike. Boucher did not like that he didn't get that call, but that curved all the way around the outside corner. Finished in the zone, but it didn't go through the zone on its way into home plate. He peers in, looking with his arms down to his leg, and now he pulls it right up at the belt. The pitch, hit him! Came up and in, and it hit Lopez right on the back as he turned away from that inside fastball. A hit by pitch, scores the Dragons four front of the game. They lead four nothing in the bottom of the fourth inning. And Dante, now things become tenuous because now you hit the meat of the order and the big batters. If there was a guy that you wanted to get a double play on or a guy out, it was Lopez because as you mentioned earlier, here's a slap hitter. He likes to put the bat on the baseball and you take your percentages. Williams comes in to score a bases loaded hit by pitch. Lopez to first, Garcia to second, and Wallace to third base. And here's the number three hitter, Lorenzo Cedrola, batting right-handed. Boucher out of the stretch, and he fires. Swing and a miss, strike one. Fastball at 89 miles an hour, down and in. That was a big swing. From a big-time hitter, Cedrola bats third in the Dayton Dragons order. 4-0 Dragons, bottom of the fourth inning, one out, bases loaded. And here's Boucher from the third base side of the rubber. Righty on right, 0-1. Check swing, popper down the right field line and into the seats at a play. There's strike two. Now you go for the strikeout if you're Boucher. And that means a high fastball or the curveball. And if it's the curveball bouncing in, Ryan Gold has to be ready to knock it down. It's got to be in the dirt. You're right. I anticipate, though, a very high fastball coming in here just to see if Cedrola will expand. Right-handers only batting 175 against Boucher this year. Here's the pitch. 0-2 check swing. A fastball high. Did he go? He did not, according to the base's umpire, Thomas Burrell Jr. to the left of the mound. One ball and two strikes. Now likely the curveball from Boucher. Let's see. Boucher peers in. Big, tall, six-foot-six right-hander at a BC. Vancouver, British Columbia. One-two. Fastball stays high, and he doesn't get Cedrola to bite. Two balls and two strikes even. Brayden's not looking comfortable out there to me right now. He had to warm up very quickly down the right field line. He only had one batter to get loosened up, Jesse, so he's ne not necessarily coming on... Well, he's coming on short notice. The 2-2, breaking ball in the air, foul off to the right. And that lands in the third deck level, all the way up the suites. Go back a couple of days ago, what did Cedrola do? Hit an enormous grand slam that lifted the Dayton Dragons to victory. So he's been in this situation before. That was against the Fort Wayne Tin Caps in the eighth inning. That is his only home run as a member of the Dragons. One for two of the bags juice this year, though. 2-2. Two -two. Fastball fouled our way and over our heads. It lands on top of the rooftop above us. Two balls and two strikes. He's only 5'8", 152 pounds from Caracas, Venezuela. And is recently batting much better. Acquired from the Red Sox organization. And as a right-handed bat, hitting 315 against right-handers this year. 2-2 again. 
Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Fastball down in the zone. Two down. Big time by the Boosh. Reared back and threw it right by him. And if he didn't swing, that was going to be a called strike three. That was on the outside corner at the knees. And Cedrola doesn't strike out too often. Just his 12th strikeout this season in 22 games after he struck out 29 in 50 games last year. And here's another tough one. Andy Suhilio, designated hitter, batting left-handed with the bases loaded. Dragons leading the Lugnuts 4-0 in the bottom of the fourth inning, two outs. Boucher's the right-hander for Lansing. His first pitch. Foul back to the screen, strike one. Here's the big thing about Suhilio. He's up there to swing. So Boucher can go in and do what he does, which is toss up fastballs that are above the letters. And I think he can continue to attempt Suhilio to chase them. So Helio struck out eight times over his last 10 games and has struck out 44 times in 57 games this year. Just eight doubles, three homers. From the stretch, Boucher's ready. Lugnut's middle infield back. Here's the pitch. Popped him up. Behind home plate, Ryan Gold's the catcher going back towards the screen and it lands about five levels up from home plate out of play. No balls and two strikes. And these are just elevated fastballs. Nothing too complicated about this from Boucher. Not at all. You know what, if he can strand all three of these runners, that is getting the job done. One run is scored, but still limiting the damage. The Lugnuts are getting out, hit nine nothing and are only down by four. This is a payoff pitch. Shortstop Navarro is in shallow left center field. Second baseman Taylor on the edge of the outfield grass. Third baseman Grisolonic in. The 0-2. In the dirt, blocked by Ryan Gold. Curveball that came down and in. One ball and two strikes. And it is safe to say that this is a battle. Lopez at first, Garcia at second. Wallace is at third. The Dragons have scored one here in this fourth inning. A bases loaded hit by pitch. Cashed in J.D. Williams after he singled earlier. One, two. Fastball hit in the air. Right field. Noda went back. Now comes in. Jogs in to make the catch. And that ends the inning. The bases loaded is stranded. And we head to the fifth. Boucher got the Lugnuts out of a jam. Dragons leading 4-0. You're listening to Lugnuts Baseball Lansing Sports Station. The game 7.30 a.m. WVFN East Lansing. Game 7.30 a.m. WVFN East Lansing. Lansing Lugnuts leading or trailing the Dayton Dragons 4-0 as we enter this top of the fifth inning. The man on the mound is the right-hander, Mac Soroller, and he's got himself a good cushion. Lugnuts are still hitless in today's game. A leadoff walk by Samad Taylor in the first inning, and that is it. Soroller has sat everybody else down in order. A total of 12 consecutive batters sat down in order since that walk by Samad Taylor, which was stranded at third base after he stole second and advanced to third on a ground ball. So here's Chad Spanberger, the Lugnuts first baseman batting left-handed. Dante DiCario with you alongside Jesse Goldberg-Strassler. Max Soroller in his second appearance against the Lansing Lugnuts this year. 
allowed seven runs, three earned on April the 25th against the Lugnuts. The pitch hit on the ground, up the middle. Shortstop in the outfield grass is Garcia to field. His throw to first is in time, one down. Boy, did that ball take a room service hop right up there beautifully for Garcia. My goodness, right into his chest and he kept it in. You said it earlier, drink it up. Here's what Max Arola is doing. He's missing barrels, pure and simply. He's throwing it off the lug nuts barrels of the bat. He's getting enough movement late. First pitch to Roberto Beso batting left is high ball one from the right-hander Max Arola. Dragons leading the lug nuts four to nothing with one out, nobody on in this top of the fifth inning. The lug nuts half of the fifth. Here's the pitch. Obeso hits it on the ground to second. Williams has it go through his legs and into right center field. Base hit for now. And it is going to be an E4. Five hole Dante, right through the wickets. And that is the Lugnuts first base runner since the first batter of the first inning. That's and a they bit say that in hockey, right? Yeah, exactly. Through the wickets, through the five hole. Let's see this replay right under the glove of Williams. It's, it's only his third game playing second base. And his second overall start played four innings of emergency second base last year. And here's Ryan Gold, the catcher batting left-handed with Obeso at first base. There's one out. Here's the pitch. Fastball on the outer edge, strike one. Right-hander Max Sirolder is on. He is painting. Lugnuts still hitless. The Dragons with four runs on nine hits. Lugnuts no runs on no hits. But Dayton has committed one error, and that is Obeso at first base after he reached on an E4. We're here in this top of the fifth inning. The 0-1. Gold chops it foul down the first baseline, ricocheting off the tarp and into shallow right field. Matt Shannon comes over to get it from the Lugnuts right field pen. I think a big key right here, Dante, Obeso is on with speed. You manufacture the run. You do whatever you can to work him around the bases and bring him in. You're down by four, just work your way back. There's plenty of time. Pick off at first, not in time. Jesse, something very interesting, and a lot of fans listening might remember this, and I think you remember this as well. On today in baseball history, a trade was confused because of Twitter and a couple false reports. We'll get to that in a minute. First the 0-2. Swing and a miss, strike three. Held on by catcher Clementina, out number two. So on this date, July 29, 2015, Wilmer Flores was supposed to be traded along with Zach Wheeler to the Milwaukee Brewers for Carlos Gomez, except the trade never happened and Carlos Gomez was traded to the Astros instead. And if Wilmer Flores was crying on the field. That was very strange. Jesus Navarro strolls in from the right side. Lugnut shortstop. The pitch. Outside and low ball one. 4-0 Dayton. One out. And Obeso at first base here in the top of the fifth inning. That's one of the reasons why, and you and I have talked about this, I don't like trades to be announced unless they're entirely finalized because you really are playing with guys' lives. The ball one pitch. Punch foul off to the right and out of play. One ball and one strike. Well, the rumor came around and all the fans were on their phones and they started chanting, thank you, Wilmer Flores. 
and he started crying. He thought he had his final at bat, and he was never traded, and it was almost awful for the player. 1-1. Hit on the ground, up the middle, base hit, center field. That is the Lugnuts' first hit of the game, and it comes with two outs here in this fifth inning. There you go, Jesus. Just put the bat on the ball and take it right back to the pitcher's box. Out of the reach of the shortstop, Jose Garcia, who didn't really have much of a play. Also, another thing to that trade, after the trade, Flores hit a walk-off home run after the quote-unquote trade that was supposed to happen. First and second for the Lansing Lugnuts. Here's Jesus Rodriguez, left fielder batting left in the number nine hole. The pitch. Popped him up. This one will land foul off to the left beyond the third base dugout out of play. No balls and one strike on Jesus Rodriguez. Navarro at first after he singled, Obeso at second after he reached on an E4. Dayton leading Lansing four to nothing in the top of the fifth inning with two outs. Jesse, this brings me to my next point. When I sent my application into the Toronto Blue Jays, that was one of the things that I wrote down in my application when they gave me the questionnaire sheet. The 0-1. Line drive over and caught by the second baseman, J.D. Williams. It was over his head. He jumped up and he made a highlight real catch. And that atones for his error earlier in the frame. Made an E4 with one out, and you're right, it erases it. Lugnut strand runners at first and second. They trail the Dragons four to nothing, heading to the bottom of the fifth. You're listening to Lugnut's Baseball and Lansing Sports Station, the game 7:30 a.m. WVFN East Lansing. <laughs> to the bottom of the fifth inning here in Dayton, Ohio at fifth third field. The Lansing Lugnuts trailing the Dayton Dragons in game two of this four game set. Four to nothing our score. Dante DeCarry alongside Jesse goldberg Strassler. It is Hendrick Clementina followed by Leandro Santana and Mitch Piotnik due up for the Dragons. And that is five, six, and seven in their batting order. Right-hander Braden Boucher on the mound in relief of Jordan Barrett, the left-hander who cannot get himself out of the fourth inning. We'll take you through his line in a second. First, here is the right-hander Boucher to Clementina. And he pops one up, heading our way, foul behind home plate, landings in the second deck, and is it caught? It is dropped initially, but a fan has herself a souvenir, strike one. So Jordan Barrett, three and a third innings. Allowing nine hits, four earned runs, one walk, no strikeouts. Boucher fires. Clementina swings and misses. Fastball up and in, strike two. Love Boucher challenging him right there. Barrett hit a batter and did not issue a wild pitch as well. And Boucher got the final two outs of the fourth inning with the bases loaded getting out of the jam. The pitch. Came up and in again, but he missed. One ball and two strikes. Jesse, I wanted to ask you about this. Earlier in the road trip, pitching coach Tony Casares came up to me and said, Dante, the best hitter I ever played with or ever saw was Jay Gibbons. The one-two. 
high again. Two balls and two strikes. Had an ugly swing. Stood a ways back from home plate from the left side with an even stance. And man, did he have power. Tony Casters played with him in 1998. The 2-2. Swing and a foul tip. Hung on to by Ryan Gold, the catcher. And that is strike three swinging. One out. Jay Gibbons, 41 years old from Rochester, was drafted in the 14th round by the Blue Jays in 1998. And, yep, he played with pitching coach Tony Costras in short season A ball in 1998. So that means probably him and Tony around the same age. He batted 400 with 19 homers, 98 runs driven in with Toronto. Not all that long ago, too, he was the hitting coach for the Great Lakes Loons. Really? Did not know that. One out, nobody on for Leandro Santana. The Dragons' first baseman batting right. The pitch inside. Ball one. Dragons leading the Lugnuts 4-0 in the bottom of the fifth inning with one out, nobody on. Dragons out hitting the Lugnuts 9-1, but they have committed one error. And then the Blue Jays dealt them to the Baltimore Orioles. The pitch. Chopper fouled down the third baseline. One ball and one strike. Jay Gibbons finished off his career in independent baseball. The 1-1 in the dirt. So Castros went down to the bullpen and said, guys, I have never seen anybody as good as Mr. Jay Gibbons. What even brought this up to Tony? We were talking about Barry Bonds. We were also talking about Tony Castros' career and why he shouldn't have got released by the Blue Jays in 1999. Would he ever want to be a player coach? 2-1. Ground ball, foul down the third baseline. And now two balls and two strikes. Can you imagine that? The lug nuts are having difficulties with depth. Hey, activate Tony. Set him in. Well, let's be honest. Not too sure if Tony's got the age to pitch, but he could pitch. He told me that he didn't necessarily have the stuff, but boy, was he smart. Here's the 2-2. Santana takes this one all the way back to the backstop. That was just a bit outside. Look at that replay. Ryan Gold never even laid a mid on it. It was two feet through the left-hand batter's box. Three balls and two strikes. A full count. Have you ever heard a batter complain about having to face Tony Castros during BP? No. I have. They say that he'll cut it or he'll toss in a slider. 3-2. <laughs> High. And that is ball four. I don't think Santana knew that it was ball four. He had to look at the home plate umpire, Chris Presley, and Presley said, no, that's, that's ball four. You can go down to first. A one-out walk. Right now we got one of those vendors talking into the crowd microphone, wherever it is. Here in Dayton at the ballpark, they have a crowd mic situated throughout, so we have a great ambient sound. In other ballparks and at Cooley Law School Stadium, Jesse and I stick a crowd out mic outside the window to get the ambient sound. Santana at first. Here's Mitch Piotnik batting right. Boucher throws. Fastball popped him up behind home plate. Catcher Ryan Gold nears uh, the screen, and it falls foul out of play. Strike one. Piotnik to me is an interesting story. 
So Piatnik started things up with the Stetson Hatters, play, uh, Hatters, played his freshman year there. Transferred to the State College of Florida for one season, and then he was set to transfer to Louisiana State University to become an LSU Tiger. But the Cincinnati Reds drafted him as a shortstop in the eighth round. Same school as uh, Max Roller went to, LSU. He has not stuck it short. They've had to move him to the outfield. Pitch to Piotnik is up and in, hit him on the shoulder. And he is not happy. He takes that bat and he throws it with anger into the third base dugout. That's gonna hurt. A hit by pitch, first and second for Dayton. And that is the second batter that Brenton Boucher has hit with the pitch since coming into this game. One out, Dayton leading Lansing four to nothing in the bottom of the fifth inning. And here's J.D. Williams, the second baseman batting right-handed. Two fellow Canadians going at it. Williams from Toronto, Ontario. Braden Boucher from Vancouver, British Columbia. First and second for Dayton. Piotnik at first, Santana at second. A hit by pitch and a walk. And here's the pitch to Williams. Inside, ball one. Williams, oh, inside, that is strike one on the inside corner, pardon me. Williams is one for one, or two for two with a triple and a single and two runs scored. Making his third start career at second base. The 0-1, breaking ball on the inside corner, strike two from Boucher. Trying to figure out if J.D. Williams had spent time as an Ontario Blue Jay. Or maybe on the Canadian Junior National Team. The pitch fouled our way and over our heads. Out of play, nothing in two. Yep, J.D. Williams was on the junior national team back in the day. He was drafted in the 17th round by the Reds. Baseball Canada tweeted it out back a few years ago. Here's the 0-2. Swing and a miss, strike three. Came up and in with that fastball. And there's two down. I'm looking at their starting lineup right now from back in 2015. Miles Gordon leading off playing in center. Demi, uh, Demi Ormoloy batting third, DHing. Josh Naylor batting fourth, first base. DH JD Williams hitting fifth. Tristan Pompey batting sixth. A lot of familiar names. By the way, they DH'd a number of different guys. They had 11 players in the starting lineup. How about uh, pitching wise? Uh, in this game, they started Isaac Anesty, if I'm mispronouncing that perhaps. Here's Raul Wallace, the Dane Dragons number nine hitter batting right handed. First and second for Dayton. They lead the Lugnuts four to nothing. There's two outs here in this bottom of the fifth inning. Boucher throws, and Wallace swings and misses, strike one. Gordon here with the Dayton Dragons. Oral Malloy was with the Wisconsin Timber Rattlers and a Midwest League All-Star. Tristan Pompey's older brother Dalton playing in AAA in the Blue Jays organization. He was just drafted out of the University of Kentucky. And Josh Naylor, a big time pro prospect. Did he come through Fort Wayne? Oh no, he was Marlins. Marlins. The 0-1. Oh 
Swing and a miss, high fastball, strike two. Raul Wallace has had himself a good game as well. RBI single in the second and a single in the fourth was stranded. He is one for one. It was also caught stealing. The 0-2. Foul back to the screen. Lansing Lugnuts infield looking to get an out at any base. Shortstop Navarro in the outfield grass. Second baseman Taylor plays a little bit towards the right of second base. Third baseman Grizzolonic down the line and the first baseman Span Berger is off the bag. Lugnuts outfield straight away center. O2 to Wallace. Swing and a miss, he struck him out with a fastball that was down the pipe. And the inning is over. Boucher gets the Lugnuts out of another jam, stranding runners at first and second, and we head to the sixth. Dayton leading Lansing 4-0. You're listening to Lugnuts Baseball and Lansing Sports Station, the game 7.30 a.m. WVFN, East Lansing. Here come the Lansing Lugnuts, top of the order here in the top of the sixth inning. Dayton leading Lansing 4-0. Dante DiCaria with Jesse Goldberg-Strassler. It is Samad Taylor followed by Chavez Young and Ryan Noda. One, two, and three in their batting order. The man on the mound is Mac Soroller in his first start back in the Midwest League since April the 25th against the Lugnuts where he allowed seven runs. That was just over four innings. Jesse, I don't know if you knew this, but his uncle, Ben McDonald, was the first overall selection in the 1989 draft out of LSU and played for the Orioles and Milwaukee Brewers. Sure do, and I remember big Ben McDonald very well. Here's Samad Taylor, the right-handed hitting second baseman leading off this top of the sixth inning. Last game was 1997 for McDonald. The pitch, breaking ball right at the knee, strike one. He's from Baton Rouge, Los Angeles, 50 years old, 6'7", 212 pounds, the uncle of Scheroller, who fires. Swing and a miss, strike two. So he played for the Orioles, came up in 1989, right at a, being drafted first overall. Was that a lot more common back then? Yes and no. The pitch, breaking ball slapped in the air, foul off to the right and out of play. There was a feeling at the time, yes, if you drafted first overall, maybe the guy should be Major League Ready, especially if he was the best pitcher in college baseball. But also it was a good story for the Orioles. They were competing at the end of the season. Bring him in for good pub. 0-2. High. One ball and two strikes. Just like Brandon Finnegan, who came right out of the draft into the fold and pitched, I believe, four scoreless innings in the playoffs out of the bullpen. Exactly. The next year he started with the Orioles. The pitch in the dirt. Two balls and two strikes. We're talking about Ben McDonald, who is the uncle of Dayton Dragons right-hander on the mound, Mac Soroller. His best season was a 13-14 record and a 3.39 ERA in 1993 with the Baltimore Orioles at age 25. 2-2. Swing and a miss. He struck him out. Taylor was right in front of that 82-mile-an-hour breaking ball. One out. Max Seroldo doesn't necessarily light up the radar gun, averages anywhere from 89 to 91 with his fastball, but that breaking ball was just filthy. 
You're from the Maryland area, so did you ever see Ben McDonald play? He was a sensation, so yes. But I remember him not living up to his potential. First pitch to Young, it's a broken back flare into shallow right field. Wallace comes in, and that drops for a base hit near the right field line. How did that get down? And now DePano picks up the bat to the right of the first base dugout. And Caleb Daniel emerges to get the bat out of the way. There's got to be some shards of that baseball bat somewhere around the field. Let's see, the bat boy comes out to look around. Look at that bat. How does it split in half right down? Like right down from the top like a splint. Like when you take an action, you carve right down through it. So Roller can't be too satisfied because it turned into a single, but still. As a pitcher, you saw if a batter like that, you feel good. First pitch to Noda. Lifted in the air. Foul over the stadium. Off to the left and out of play. Strike one. One out. Dayton leading Lansing 4 to nothing in the top of the sixth inning. Chavez Young at first base with great speed. And that is a flare base hit down the right field line on a broken bat. And that's got to hurt. The 0-1. Inside, one ball and one strike. And so back to Ben McDonald, who is the uncle of Max Soroller on the mound. Came out of LSU. There's got to be some sort of connection there for why his nephew went there as well. They know the name. Well, also, you grow up in the Louisiana area. You're a great high school baseball pitcher. That's where you're going to get recruited, and that's where you're going to want to go. 1-1, one, one, below the knees. That's a great baseball program. So it wouldn't surprise me if Max Soroller growing up said, I think this is where I'd love to be and especially for all of his family and friends. But for Sorolla coming out of Southeast Louisiana. He resides in Los Angeles. 2-1. Drilled, foul down the left field line and out of play. Two balls and two strikes. Well, Ben McDonald, his uncle, posted a 391 career ERA from 18, uh, 1989 to 1997. Played two final years with the Brewers and then hung up the cleats at age 29. The first overall selection. That's what I mean, that he never quite captured all that was forecasted for him. Pick off at first, not in time. Well, he did come close to a really good season in 1990. Came eighth in Rookie of the Year voting and went 8-5 and five with a 2.43 ERA, but didn't really have the numbers after that. The 2-2, runner goes. Noda takes up and in. Throw down to second. The tag with the slide. He's out. Young cannot believe it. He is showing his frustration to Thomas Burrell Jr. Cesar Martin will separate the two and make sure that Young stays in this ball game. Martin is not happy. That is the first time we have seen Chavez Young that upset. And here's the replay. Looks like Young got his left hand in there. And that is going to be it. Young looking over his shoulder at Burrell as he walks into the first base dugout. He is caught stealing for out number two. And the count fills at three balls and two strikes. And the Lugnuts need base runners. So that call, huge. The 3-2. Noda takes high, ball four. Two out walk for the Lugnuts right fielder. That flare base hit down the right field line by Chavez Young was just the second Lugnuts hit this evening. 
or this afternoon here in Dayton. It's a little bit more cloudy, so it feels more like the evening now. It is 4.13. Evening starts at 5, right, Jesse? What would you say, I, 6? See, I generally connect evenings to the sun setting. Okay. But, no, maybe 7 o'clock. Midday. How about that? Somewhere around that. No one at first. Here's Brandon Grizzlonic, the third baseman batting right. Pitch from Stroller. Swing and a miss, strike one. Dating leading Lansing four to nothing here in the top of the six. Two outs and note at first base. There's a gap right up the middle. Shortstop Garcia is playing more towards his right, closer towards third. Aleo Lopez down the line at third. The 0-1. Grizzlonic hits it on the ground to second. Williams gobbles it up, goes to second, and that is the inning. Young caught stealing. And a two-all walk by Ryan Noda is erased on a fielder's choice by Grizzolanik. Dayton leading Lansing 4 to nothing as we head to the bottom of the sixth. You're listening to Lugnuts Baseball and Lansing Sports Station. The game 7.30 a.m. WVFN East Lansing. Emerson Jimenez enter, enters the ball game with the Lugnuts trailing the, the Dayton Dragons 4 to nothing as we start up this bottom of the sixth inning. Jesse, what can you tell us about Emerson Jimenez? On July 22nd, Jimenez came out of the pen following a stint on the DL. Fired a perfect, scoreless inning against the Cedar Rapids Colonels. Struck out one. Three days later, took on the South Bend Cubs. Fired a perfect inning. But then he came back out to the mound for second frame. He walked three, gave up a grand slam to South Bend's Austin Upshaw. So overall this year, Jimenez, a 7-4-1 ERA, 17 innings, 17 strikeouts, but five home runs allowed. The league is batting just 206 against him. He's still very young as a pitcher. His stuff is great. The velocity can get up there, and the slider's a wipeout pitch. The question still has been understanding and learning and developing as a former infielder turned pitcher. He was with the Colorado Rockies organization. Same as Mr. Chad Spanberger. Brayden Boucher's final line, one and two thirds. Swing and a miss by Garcia, strike one. And he walks one, strikes out four batters. It's great stuff by Brayden. Dane Dragons leadoff man, Jose Garcia, followed by Aleo Lopez. And Lorenzo Sardrola. Here's the pitch. Swing and a miss. Strike two. Braden Boucher seemed like he didn't wasn't quite sharp, but you know what, Dante, with those two hit by pitches, I think he made the Dayton Dragons batters very uncomfortable against him. Pitched inside quite a bit from both sides of the plate. The 0-2 pitch from Jimenez. Fastball below the knees. Last time out, Jimenez did not have his control, it's safe to say. And the one thing that has hurt him, you talked about it earlier, is that he has gave up five home runs this season in just 17 innings out of the bullpen. Here's the one-two. In the dirt, blocked by Gold at 84 miles an hour. I was talking to the roving pitching coordinator, Jeff Ware, about him. And Jeff said one thing that they're trying to teach him is how to deal with adversity. When he's going well, you can tell. He's standing up confidently, firing it in there. When things go against him, how does he respond? The 2-2. Did it hit him? Yes, it did. Right on the chest of Jose Garcia, and that is going to leave a bruise. Poor guy, that came right in. He didn't even have 
any time to move out of the way, right on the chest. That is three consecutive innings that a Lugnuts pitcher has hit a Dragons batter. Control has been an issue, you're right. Garcia will get a breather. The question is, did it hit him or, I mean, is he going to take first base or what? And he is. Walks on down the first baseline. A leadoff hit by pitch to Jose Garcia from the right-hander. Emerson Jimenez has him at first base. And here's the Dragons number two hitter, Aleo Lopez, with the number three hitter on deck off to the left in Lorenzo Cedrola. Dragons leading the Lugnuts four to nothing here in this bottom of the sixth inning. Pickoff at first, the tag by Spanberger, and not in time. Close. This entire crowd's breath leapt up into its collective throats. They all thought maybe Garcia was gone. He was way off first base. Had to go back in head first, and he avoided the tag nicely. Garcia at first with two steps off. The pitch. At the bottom of the zone, strike one. Gold thought about throwing to first, but he just got right back and ate the baseball. No balls and one strike to Lopez. Garcia at first base. We see the gold chain dangling from his neck on top of the green Dayton Dragons jersey with the white brim. Another pickoff at first, and he's back in safely. Dragons with four runs on nine hits, one errors. Lugnuts with no runs on two hits, no errors. That is the fifth adder that Emerson Jimenez has hit this year. There's another pickoff, not in time. <laughs> All momentum has just been taken right out of this game. Dante, yesterday's game flowed. Today's game does not. The pitch. High drive. Right center field. Young and Noda go back into the alley. That's down for a base hit and off the warning track. Around third, Garcia. Relay throw is eaten up by Samad Taylor. RBI double the right center field for Aleo Lopez. Gives the Dragons a 5-0 lead here in the bottom of the sixth inning. Dante was high. It was a very high offering from Emerson Jimenez. And Alejo Lopez, who's not the biggest guy, just 5 feet 10 inches tall, he went up and he got it. And he pounded it beyond Chavez Young. That is the first ball that we have seen hit into the gap all afternoon. Lorenzo Cetrola will now bat. He is the Dragons' number three hitter. There's nobody out. Lopez at second base, and the Dragons now lead the Lugnuts 5-0. Right-hander Emerson Jimenez has had his troubles. Out of the stretch, he stands on the first base side of the rubber. Here's the pitch. Fastball high. Ball one. Jimenez has now given up a run in two consecutive games. Out of the stretch, he looks in. The ball one offering. Swing and a miss. Fastball at 93 miles an hour, one and one. Dante, the, Le uh, the Dayton Dragons, one, two, and three, and eight and nine batters. Garcia Lopez, Cedrola, Williams, and Wallace are combined 10 for 14 with two hit-by-pitches in this game. That's very important. 12 times aboard. 1-1. A little outside. 
the middle part of the offense, Zuhilio, Clementina, Santana, and Piatnik hitless. But really, the Lugnuts are getting eaten alive by the top and the bottom part of the Dayton order. Jimenez is now allowed a run. I just did the math. In seven of his last ten appearances, here's the pitch. Inside, two balls and one strike. It's another challenge to him, dealing with adversity. All right, the run is in. There's nobody who's going to warm up in the bullpen. This is your game right now, so how do you deal? Here's two innings. Go finish them. Shortstop Navarro back. The pitch. Popped him up on his hands, and this one will land over home plate. And foul. At the third level, it bounces into the second level for a fan who is sitting down with a red baseball cap. That's a Cincinnati Reds baseball cap. A lot of these fans here in Dayton are wearing Reds gear and Dayton Dragons apparel. Three balls and two strikes on Cedrola. And here it is. Fastball hit, foul over the rooftop to our right and out of play. Dante DiCario with Jesse Goldberg-Strassler. 5-0 Dayton. Bottom of the sixth inning. Lopez at second. Three balls and two strikes. Jimenez holds the glove with the ball at his belt. And he fires. Breaking ball in the air to right field. Second baseman Taylor's on the outfield grass to make the catch with one hand. Looking at Lopez back to second. That's out number one. If there's one guy that knows about home runs, it is Emerson Jimenez, who is a infielder in the Rockies organization. Although he wasn't much of a power guy, he still knew. He hit seven. Seven home runs as a position player in 419 games among 352 base hits. Spanberger knows about home runs as well. He stands at first base playing back. First pitch to the cleanup man, Andy Suhilio. Bouncing low and in, ball one. Dante, let's get back to that because you were talking with Chad Spanberger <laughs> about that. The Colorado Rockies affiliates playing great home run hitter ballparks, and they love producing, drafting, signing, big-time power guys. That's been their organization throughout since they came into the major leagues as an expansion team. The ball one pitch, so Helio takes this one, bouncing low and in and all the way to the backstop. Lopez for third and he stops there as Gold picks it up and calls time behind home plate. That might be a wild pitch as it bounced low and in. And if it is, it is the first one that we have seen from Emerson Jimenez today. And the second by a Lugnut. Just an ugly game so far for Lansing. It is a wild pitch by the official score. Now the infield drawn in. 5 nothing dated. The pitch to Sujilio. Fly ball, shallow center field. Young is tracking it. Puts his glove in the air. Hedestine makes the catch. Throw home. One hop. Blocked by Gold. Lopez thought about going and he scurries back to third. Two down. No one wants to test Chavez Young's arm. Can't blame them. Well, Jesse, going back to the Colorado Rockies philosophy, here's Hendrick Clementina, catcher batting right-handed with Lopez at third. There's two down here in the bottom of the sixth inning. Lugnuts trailing the Dragons 5-0.
I had my high school teacher, my high school baseball coach, Mike Kisavich, come through the Rockies organization, going all the way up to AA. And he said when he was drafted, they wanted ground ball pitchers, home run hitters. The home run hitters has stayed, but over the years, they have changed things from ground ball pitchers now to strikeout pitchers. Well, they know where they play. They understand their home field. They have to figure out what they need to do to compete. The pitch. Slow chopper off home plate and off the leg of Clementina, strike one. So Kasavich told me that when he came up, he was always a ground ball guy as a left-hander. And he was a top prospect in the organization. Him and Todd Helton were the first and second prospects in the Colorado Rockies organization. They roomed together all the way up into double A. And as a young baseball fan at 15 years old, it was just a thrill for me to hear those stories about Todd Helton, one of my favorites, who had power but great contactability. The 0 1. Clementina drills one, deep right center field. Young goes back into the alley. Noda dives, can't get it. Scoring from third, Lopez. Clementina for second, ball relayed in to short. RBI double the right center for Hendrick. Clementina, Dragons lead six zip. Emerson Jimenez went slider. Clementina waited on it and he thumped it. Boy, does he have easy power. One hand swing, right center, Noda dove. It looked like Young was going to get to that baseball first, but no. Brian Noda dove for that baseball and it could not get it. That is Clementina's first hit of the evening. In the afternoon. 0 for 3 before that double with two ground outs and a strikeout. So the Lugnuts did their job earlier on in this ballgame to keep them off the bases. But you know, if you make a mistake to Clementina, he's going to make you pay for it. And that was a mistake, and he did. If I were Jimenez, I'd pound two seamers down and in to Clementina. Uh, you don't want to keep anything away because he's such a tall hitter. He's got a great uh, stride to home plate, and he just thumps the baseball. That ball off the bat, you could just hear it. The pitcher on the Lansing Lugnut staff who most closely resembles Emerson is Matt Shannon. And Shannon lives low in the zone. That's where Emerson has to go. Fastball down, slider down. Here's Leandro Santana batting right. The pitch, fastball. Well, it was low, but too low. Ball one. 6-0 Dayton here in this bottom of the sixth inning. Two outs, Clementina at second. Two runs scored here in this bottom of the sixth inning on back-to-back -back doubles to score runs. Lopez with a two-bagger and Clementina with a double. The pitch, swing and a miss. Now one ball and one strike. The Dragons scored one in the second, two in the third, one in the fourth, and now two in this sixth inning. They have 11 total hits. Lugnuts with no runs on two hits. The Dragons have produced six runs. Boy, the Lugnuts do not fare too well against the Dragons on Sunday afternoon games here at 5th 3rd Field. The pitch, line drive, right field, base in in front of Noda. Clementina stops at third, Noda's throw is right on the money to the cutoff man, Spamberger at the mound. Base hit right field for Santana, runners on the corners for Dayton. This is a much needed visit now by pitching coach Antonio Casares. Kosteris comes out of the first base dugout. He walks over the stripe, slowly out to the 
mound to talk with Emerson Jimenez. It also helps that Caceres is from Dominican, just like Emerson. Let's talk about this for Emerson Jimenez. His last time he was on the mound, when things went wrong, what happened? Walks Dante. I would prefer to see this with base hits. To my mind, this could be that breaking point the same way we saw earlier this year with Kyle Weatherly. And Weatherly has stayed away from the walks. Last time out, Jimenez with the Lugnets leading 3-0, walked three consecutive batters and then gave up a home run to Austin Upshaw. It you was a talked grand to, slam. The hitting coach, Matt Young, has said the same thing to you. When the player's ready to work, the coaches are ready to work with them. Jimenez has a great arm, has great pitching talent. And there is still time left this season to see what he can do. The but Blue Jays signed him big time last year. Yeah. So they like him. He's just taking his lumps. One thing I heard is that it was Gil Kim who signed him. Mitch Piotnik batting the pitch. On the inside corner, strike one. Good fastball to get right back into it from Emerson. Dayton leading Lansing 6-0, bottom of the six, two outs. At first, Santana, at third, Clementina. Good throw by Ryan Oda to keep him at third, too. Here's the 0-1. And on the hands, foul on the ground down the third baseline. Max Soroller uh, gets loosened up down the left field line because this has been another long inning. We've seen quite a few. I talked to Emerson Jimenez after the Rockies released him. I said, okay, what did you think was your next step? He said, well, my agent told me I had to knock on all the doors. Go around to every single major league team and knock on doors. So I said, okay, Emerson, how many doors did you knock on? He said, actually zero. Blue Jays contacted me, said try out. I tried out, they signed me. Easy. Good scouting. The 0-2. Fouled off the catcher, Gold, and rolling through his legs all the way to the backstop. Still no balls and two strikes on Piotnik, who's got good speed but hasn't necessarily hit the ball this year, batting just 179 with four RBIs, three doubles, and three walks with the Dragons. Was hit by a pitch in the fifth inning. Other than that, is 0 for 2 with two lineouts to second. The pitch, breaking ball, high. One ball and two strikes. Dragons now with 12 hits, 6 runs. Lugnuts, 2 hits, no runs. Have you noticed that all of Jimenez's sliders have been up? Yeah, he's had a trouble keeping it down. Remember that one game that he pitched in Bowling Green? Down and away, nasty. 1-2, slider, swing, and a miss. He struck him out. Down and away. Beautiful pitch by Emerson Jimenez. His ears were ringing. We talked about that slider down and away, and he does exactly that to strand runners on the corners. But the Dragons do a little bit more damage. A double by Lopez and a double by Clementina scores two runs here in this bottom of the sixth, and they now lead 6 nothing. You're listening to Lugnuts Baseball Lansing Sports Station, the game 7.30 a.m., WVFN, East Lansing. 